to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. So today we'll be talking from the book of uh, Jude. But first I thought I'd share my testimony because it sort of... um, goes with the message I want to share today. And a lot of you might not know who I am. I've been away for a couple years. So who am I? I'm Nathan. Um, I was adopted at a young age into a Christian family. Both of my parents uh, were missionaries. Some, uh, they served in the Congo and then served a long time in India. And then they were teachers at the Bible College out in Gaunton. And that's where I grew up. So I had a really good childhood, I would say. And then when I was about 12 or 13, um, my parents got a new position at the leadership in the village church, um, Horsham Downs. So we moved into the city. And around that time, when I was about 12 or 13, I had to make a decision without really knowing I was making this decision. Am I gonna spend more time with my Christian friends or am I gonna spend more time with my non-Christian friends? And I started spending more time with my non-Christian friends. So slowly I lost my faith until dramatically I fully turned my back on God and Jesus and I was living my own sort of life. And it got to a point when I was about 18 and from the outside, I think a lot of people thought I was really happy, really happy guy, but inside I was really broken and really sad and I started to become very suicidal. And I, one day I had a plan, okay, I'm gonna end my life. And I went to the garage in my house and I knew my parents weren't home. You know, ironically they were in Auckland going to a funeral. And I was in my garage and I was um, about to do this crazy plan I had and my mum bursted into the room and stopped me um, what I was doing. And uh, that was because she was, while they were driving to Auckland, she was praying for me and she really felt God was saying, hey, go and check that Nathan's okay at home. And by the grace of God, I'm here. I really believe that. And we, my mom took me to the doctors and I met with this amazing doctor and then uh, we went to um, this other clinic and they gave me some medicine. But nothing really changed because I didn't give my heart to Jesus that day. And so I carried on with the emotions and life, and it got to this day when I was about 21, and I was driving to work, and I was at a T-junction. And I thought, ah, nothing's changed. I'm just going to end my life this weekend. And then the idea came, I should come back to church, try church out. And I thought, what the heck? Why would I ever go back to church? What? This is a crazy idea. And I really wrestled with that all day and then it got to the end when I was driving home and I was like okay I'll go to church on Sunday and if nothing changes then I'll end my life and I got into my house and as soon as I walked into my house it felt like someone was with me and I was so confused and I looked around the house but there was no one there and then a fear sort of gripped me and I thought uh, I had a fear and then I remember telling myself Nathan This is all in your head. There's nothing here. I really didn't believe in the spiritual world. 
And then the next thing, the whole room went black. I went straight down on my back, and I was just paralyzed with fear. And the whole room, it's really hard to describe, but it just felt like pure evil. And this huge weight was on top of me, and it started to choke me. And I remember in that time that I really thought, okay, this is it. I'm going to die. And then the name Jesus came to mind. And I thought, oh, if I want to survive, I have to say Jesus. And I tried, and I couldn't because I was getting choked. And then I tried with everything I had. And I said, Jesus. And as soon as, before I had even finished that word, I just remember all the darkness went away. And light came in, and that peace filled my heart. And then I just gave my life to Jesus then. But then the real miracle for me was the following day. And so I have dyslexia, and I have real trouble um, reading. And I got a Bible, and my dad's Bible, and I sat there. And before I opened it, I just prayed, God, I want to know you. Help me read this. And I turned to John, and I started reading. <laughs> I could read every line. I could read every chapter. And I sat there on a Saturday just reading the Bible the whole day. And if anyone knew me then, they would have been like, what the heck? Like, what is going on? And then the following days when I went back to work, I would say, oh, I need to go to the toilet. And I didn't need to go to the toilet. I'd just sit there reading my Bible. And this is just crazy. Um, and early on, God really gave me a vision. Like, my faith in Him is like a fire. And it's burning, but I really want that fire to burn brighter and hotter so it can never be extinguished again and continue to put logs on. So this is where we're at now, and we turn to the book of Jude. Jude chapter 17. Oh, yeah, there is only one chapter in Jude. <laughs> Verse 17, so I'll read. But dear friends, remember what the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times, there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are people who will divide you, who follow mere natural instructions and do not have the spirit. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. So that's, I'll just stop there for now. For me, reading that, one of the key verses really is verse 20. Before then, Judah's really pointing to, hey, those guys over there, those scoffers, those deceitful, those wicked. But then say, he says, what does he say? But you, dear friends, or but you, beloved. So then it's a message for us. And he starts off with saying, by building yourselves up in the most holy faith. Before most, uh, your holy faith, before a lot is the faith, but then it becomes your own personal faith. And that's really encouraging. And why do we need to build up? At the time of Jude, many people were falling away from the faith. And many people had to fall, uh, were falling, and he was calling people to stand in their faith. And if we look, can someone look up Matthew chapter 24, verse 10? 
Yeah, so in the last times, many people will turn away from the faith. And I think a lot of us can testify of friends or family or people we know who have turned away from the faith. Before I left to Germany, I would say there was these guys who I thought were really strong Christians, good friends of mine. Since I've been back, some of them have lost their faith or really, really doubting. One of them in particular, he's turned his whole back on his Christian family, cut out 90% of his Christian friends. And when you talk to him, he really hates um, Christians and hates those people. Our spiritual life needs work. Life to itself will fall apart. If you think of my story, life to itself, it just completely fell apart. I would say one step further, life without Jesus is worthless. We need to build up our faith and keep working. Can someone look up Second uh, Peter chapter 1? Second Peter chapter 1 verse 5. Can you keep reading to verse 8? Okay, yeah. So Paul, uh, Peter and Jude have really similar ideas and writings. And they are calling us to build up our faith and also add to our faith. As we know, Christian life, spiritual growth is not automatic. As soon as we give our life to Jesus, it's not like over time, it just builds by time. In the church, um, I'm not pointing to this church, but in the church, there are 70-year-olds, 80-year-olds who have been Christians all their life, but they're still babies. They're still on liquid food. So that comes to my question for you today. Are you growing up in the faith? Are you growing stronger in Jesus? Or are you just growing old? Yeah, are you growing up in the faith? Or are you just growing old? We need to add to our faith. We need to build up our faith. In Central Asia, there's a church, and it has a motto. No Bible, no breakfast. If you don't read your Bible, you can't eat. And I wouldn't suggest to be so legalistic like that in this church. But um, there's some very good principles there. Starting off the morning, reading the Bible, bringing your perspective back in line, and bubbling up faith in you. What does Paul write? He says, faith comes from hearing, hearing the word of Christ. So why read your Bible? We could, someone has already talked about it, and we could go on about this topic. But for this specific, building up your faith, it really builds up your faith. Learning who Jesus Christ really is and helps with the perspective of life, really starting the day that way. If I can give an example, how important it is to read the Bible in the good times, but also in the low times. About four years ago, um, I had a really good friend of mine who I knew since I was three years old. He was a best friend and then really good friend. And one morning, a guy came to me early on before everyone found out and said, you know, he had committed suicide. And I remember where I was walking, I just broke down. I never cried like that before. I was so angry at myself because that week beforehand, he had asked to hang out a couple times. And I said no because I had other things on. And I was so angry at myself and so confused. And then I was reading the story of Jacob, where Jacob wrestles with God. And he hangs on to God until he gets blessed. 
And I really felt God was saying to me through that scripture, just hang on to me. Even though I feel very far away right now, just hang on, you'll get through this. And I hanged on, and through that time, just continuing reading God's word, listening to him, it got me through. And that's the call what uh, Jude is calling as well, is standing strong while everyone else is falling away. I really feel like if I wasn't reading that Bible, uh, the word in that time, I might not be a Christian today. It's very important. And then um, Jude goes on in that same verse, and he shares about praying in the Holy Spirit. It is in the same verse. And I think we both, we all understand reading the Bible and praying completes the circuit. Reading, listening to God, prayer, talking to God. Why do we need to pray? Why do we need to talk to God to build our relationship with him? It's sort of the answers in the question. But why? I would give one word answer, and then a longer answer, but one word, dependency. God loves dependency. God loves when we're weak. God loves when we trust him. It reminds me of Paul praying in all circumstances, at all times. Can, uh, I will look up, unless if someone can beat me, um, to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Okay, um, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 27. Yeah, it's good, eh? That God uses the weak things of this world for his glory. And it reminds me of a story that I heard. It was a man and a woman, and they got married. And early into their first year of marriage, the woman became very sick. She got cancer, and she was very weak. And the husband had to help her with everything. And she started to feel guilty and ashamed and embarrassed. And the husband learned of these feelings. And he turned to her and just said, Dear, you know, my strength needs your weakness. And that's kind of the relationship we have with God. If you think of Paul, when Paul was praying those three times for God to take away um, his illness, what did God say? He said, My grace is efficient. My strength is made pure in your weakness or made perfect in your weakness. And that's kind of like prayer, and that's why we need to do it. And also, I think prayer really builds our faith. What do I mean by that? When we have these, when we read the Bible first, and we really understand who Jesus is, that he is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, he created all things, he's above all, and then we pray for these little prayers like um, Lockie's prayer about the streamer, you know? And then someone gets answered or pray, oh, help me have a good sleep tonight. And then God answers that. It helps us realize how indescribable his love really is. And those little things hold on to them because in those hard times, they are the ones that keep us going at times. We can look back, oh, wow, God was so faithful and he is so good. And then he goes on writing and he writes... Keep yourself in God's love. What does he mean by that? What does he mean, keep yourself in God's love? That's a good answer, yeah. I would say some would um, look at that verse 
But I would say this, that we are saved by grace, not by our own works. If we were, it would contradict, if it was the other one, we would contradict what he wrote in verse 1. He says, to those who have been called, who are loved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. In other translations, it says preserved for Jesus Christ. So I would say Jude isn't writing saying, keep yourself saved here. As Paul says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Eh? So what does it mean? I, I sort of look at that and think Jude is saying, keep yourself enjoying God's love in the light of God. What, what do I mean by that? There's an example in the Gospels when Jesus is in the high room and he's got the 12 disciples with him. And there's one on his side and a, another one on the other side. And there's John. Jesus loves John. John loves Jesus. John is keeping himself in God's love. The other one, who got, Jesus also loves, is Judas. But he's not keeping himself in God's love. What does Jesus say about this topic? He says, abide in me. Keep connected. Stay connected, plugged into him. One good way to do that practically, while you read the Bible and there's a principle or God saying change something in your life, you do it. You don't just walk away and say, oh, that's good, but you actually listen to God and do what he's telling you to do. In that same verse, he goes on and he says, yes, keep yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. This is one of the greatest themes throughout the New Testament, Jesus' return. I wonder how do you feel when you hear someone says, Jesus is returning soon? Yeah. Do you have sort of a cringe or do you think, or judgment, like when you're younger and you've done something wrong and your mum says, oh, your father will be home soon kind of thing. <laughs> or do you get excited? You think, oh, finally, I get to see Jesus face to face and be with him forever. How you answer that question could answer if you're keeping yourself in God's love. It's interesting how Jude talks about mercy here. He says, it's a mercy. Why would it be a mercy? If you think about it, when Jesus returns and he comes back in all his glory with hosts upon hosts of angels and we're called to be with him and we're saved from judgment, what more mercy can God show us? On the same topic about Jesus returning, for the last few years, you know, uh, non-Christians and even some Christians be like, why, are you always, why do Christians always look for signs, you know? Corona happens. Oh, is this a sign? Or you look at the Middle East. Is this a sign of Jesus' return? My answer would be, if you read the New Testament, it's just full of signs. And it conditions us to be eager for Jesus' return. It should be encouraging us when we see things happening. And I would say it's actually, in a healthy way, one of the most purifying ways to live. If you turn to 1 John chapter 3, 
Verse 3. All who have this hope in him purifies themselves just as he is pure. If you believe that Jesus would, could return before I finish this message, or he could return tonight, you would live a different life. And I think we see that with people. There's something to be said about having a healthy fear in the Lord, really understanding that he is pure love, but he is all-powerful as well. Sometimes I see these pictures around, and it's like of Jesus' return, and it shows him, and he's coming back, and he looks almost like a hippie guy, like so happy. But when Jesus comes back, he's coming back in all his glory. What happened when John saw Jesus in all his glory? He fell down like a dead man. When we see Jesus like that, there will be you can't draw a picture of that, especially a picture like that. So some key points what um, Jude is teaching us is building ourselves up in faith. Continue to build your lives by those basic uh, things that we've been looking at. Reading the Bible, prayer, fellowship. Iron sharpens iron, yeah? But also looking for Jesus' return. Because one day, Jesus will return. There's a verse in uh, the Bible that gets me very excited when you have that picture where Jesus returns and he steps down on that Mount of Olives and it gets split in two and one side goes that way, the other side goes the other way and there's a huge valley created and we all run underneath there and Jesus comes to save the day. Like all these movies that we see, like you think of um, Marvels or something like that and what happens? The heroes come and save the day. But compared to what Jesus is going to do, it's nothing. It talks about in those verses um, nations going against Israel, that the people will be slaughtered and the woman will be raped, and it's just this awful picture. But then out of nowhere, here comes Jesus, and he comes and saves the day. And it's a beautiful um, picture. I would really recommend reading that and realizing this is the truth, not some story about Superman or something else, but our Superman is Jesus Christ. That's actually really cool. I just came up with that. Maybe I'll put that on a shirt. Um, but yeah, I will pray. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you, Lord, that nothing ever surprises you. We can look around the world and there's all kinds of things going on right now that really surprises us and surprised us. But nothing ever surprises you. Your ways are higher, your thoughts are higher, Lord Jesus. And as we look to you, as we build our faith, as we pray, continue to grow us, Lord, as we seek uh, more of the fruits of the Spirit and what life really is with you, continue to show us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us into your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, that we can stand on this firm foundation and know where we're going. We're going to be with you. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Because without that, we're, we're nothing, Lord. And uh, you're good. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church